Welcome to The Teller in Detail with me, Michael Williams. We break bread and we drink wine. What a good way to pass a little time. We share our joys and the tears we've cried. We couldn't let each other go if we We gather around when we can And we let ourselves be true And that's uh, Canadian singer-songwriter Coco Love Alcorn from her album Wonderland. Well, welcome to The Teller in the Tale, a weekly half-hour show of oral storytelling. And I'm your host, Michael Williams. Well... We're almost at the end of uh, 2020. What a year it's been. Uh, all kinds of, uh, of changes, and of course, most notably, the uh, nearly year-long now <coughs> um, pandemic that we have been experiencing from the COVID virus. Um, boy, uh, a lot of upheav- upheaval in our lives, but never fear. Uh, There is light uh, on the horizon as the vaccine becomes more available. So um, I want you to sit back for the next half hour. And, uh, you know, wintertime is a time for stories and storytelling. And I've got several stories lined up for you, seasonal stories. So as the year comes to an end, um, let's just sit back and enjoy them. Uh, And first up is a story called Coyote's Winter Solstice by Lev Ropes. The Coyote's Winter Solstice Celebration Coyote told me that way, way, very way back, they had wolf cousins that lived far away around the earth in what we call Europe. They lived in the forests, and they had a winter solstice tradition of selecting a just-right little evergreen tree. They didn't cut it down. They just named it the special one for that year. Then they decorated it with berries. Not just any old berries, but some that they'd soaked for a long time in pond water. When they put them on the tree, they glowed ever so prettily in the moonlight. And at midnight, the wolves would form a circle around their beautiful tree and softly sing traditional songs, while being so thankful for their good life. The wolves that came over to this continent long, long, so long ago continued that tradition. So then did their cousins, the coyotes. But at the Blue Heron Ranch, there are no forests for a hundred miles in any direction. So they use what they have, a sagebrush. And they don't have berries, so again, they use what they have, flakes of mica that they dig from the ground. The mica flakes seem to just sparkle like little lights in the moonlight. At midnight, the coyotes, too, circle around their sagebrush and softly sing traditional songs. And they, too, are grateful for their good lives. Sometimes, up at the ranch, if you go outside at midnight on the winter solstice and listen very carefully, you might hear those beautiful songs. A few years ago, 
Four of the coyotes were over by Interstate 15, west of the ranch, where a lot of big tractor-trailer trucks come in from Canada. A shiny red truck came by, loaded with cut evergreen trees, headed for the Christmas tree lots that you see around. The truck hit a bump, and a few trees fell off. The coyotes were thrilled. Each could have a real tree for his pack. Oh, they gleefully dragged them home. Coyotes are good diggers, you know, so they dug a small hole in the ground, put the base of the tree in it, stood the tree upright, and packed the dirt tightly back into the hole. Then they put their mica flakes on it. Oh, it was so beautiful. A real tree at last. The next year, the same four coyotes were talking one evening, and one of them said, Isn't this the same night that those trees fell off the truck last year? Let's go over to the highway again. Those trees were just an accident. It would probably never happen again. I know, but that was just such a special night that I'd, well, just like to go back anyway. It would be fun. We could, at least, see the pretty trees going by. Okay, let's go, just to celebrate the season. And off they went, sure that they'd not get a tree, but that was okay. The year before, the truck driver had seen in his rearview mirror what happened. He stopped at the next truck stop to better tie his load down, but he never forgot seeing the coyotes gleefully taking away the trees that fell off. He knew that it must have been something very special for them. When he came by that next year, and saw the four coyotes waiting and hoping, he slowed down, pulled his truck over to the side of the highway, stopped, and turned on his safety blinkers. He got out of the cab, climbed up onto his trailer, and pulled out four just right trees. Then he threw them off the truck into the field and waved to the coyotes. They were astounded. They were just not used to strangers being so kind to them. And each year since, that truck driver has stopped to give the coyotes four of his just right trees. And there you have it. Lev Ropes telling the story of Coyote's Winter Solstice. American story there with some European roots. And speaking of Europe... uh, I once uh, lived uh, in the eco-spiritual community of Finhorn in the north of Scotland for about five years. A lot of wonderful storytellers in Finhorn, and one of those storytellers is Peter Valance, a longtime resident of the Finhorn community. And I've got him uh, up next uh, telling the story of Bera, the um, the winter uh, queen of winter, Bera, queen of winter, and uh, this is Peter Valance. Uh, along with Diana Elena. In the stars and in the land, we see mirrored our life's journey, our journey from birth through life to death to rebirth. And in the seasons, we can see the form of woman, our mother, the earth, as she changes from virgin to mother to crone. And so the cycle continues, as you see in this Scottish story, Bira, 
Queen of Winter. Bira, dark Bira. She is the oldest of all the gods and goddesses of Scotland, for she is the mother of them all. A giant of a woman she is, her skin dark blue, her teeth red as rust, her hair white as an aspen covered with hoarfrost. And though she has but one eye, her sight is as sharp as ice. Each winter, she rules as queen of the four red divisions of this world, and all fear her. For when roused to anger, her temper is as fierce as the north wind and as harsh as the tempest-stricken sea. Like the sea. 
the long winter. You may hear Bira's sorrowful song on the wind, but when the sweet spring season draws nigh, Bira's subjects begin to rebel against her and to long for the coming of the summer queen, bride, and her king, Angus of the White Steed. Angus the ever young, they call him, for alone of Bira's sons does he share her secret, the secret of eternal life. And this secret I will share with you. There is a land, a green isle of the west. Some call it the land of youth. Some call it the land of apples. Some call it Avalon. On this land, there bubbles up a magic well, a well of youth. Many bold mariners have searched in vain for this land, which floats upon the silver tide of the blue Atlantic, oft times hidden in a twinkling mist. Bira, however, always knows where to find the island when her time comes to drink of the waters. The waters of the well are most potent when the days begin to grow longer and most potent of all on the first of the lengthening days of spring. Bira always visits the well on the night before the first of the lengthening days, that is, on the last night of her reign as queen of winter. All alone in the darkness, she sits beside the well waiting for dawn. As the first faint beam of light appears in the eastern sky, she drinks the water as it bubbles fresh from a crevice in the rock. It is necessary that she should drink before a bird has visited the well and before any dog has barked. For if a bird should drink first or any dog bark, dark old Bira will crumble into dust. having drunk the magic water alone and in silence. Bira begins to grow young again. She leaves the Isle of Youth and travels to Scotland where she falls into a deep sleep. When she awakes in bright sunshine, she rises up as a beautiful young woman. Her hair long and yellow like the buds of broom her eyes blue as the sea in June, her cheeks rosy as rowan berries. <clears throat> At her breast, she wears a star-like crystal, and in her hand, she holds a white wand. Everything she touches grows. In all the land, no fairer queen is known than bride, the peerless queen of summer. As the months go by, bride ages rapidly. She reaches full womanhood at midsummer. And as autumn comes on, her brows begin to wrinkle, her beauty fades, until when the winter season returns again, she becomes an old hag once more. The fierce Queen Beera's reign begins. But winter too will end. And bride once again will marry her king, Angus.
And that was Peter Valance and uh, Diana Elena accompanying him there on a story called Bera, Queen of Winter, an old traditional story from Scotland, uh, from the north of Scotland, uh, Peter living in the Finhorn community in uh, northern Scotland, Peter Valance. Okay, well, we've got uh, another story coming up. Again, we stay in Scotland. Uh, this is a, a story from uh, my friend and storytelling colleague, Alison Galbraith. Uh, a story called 12 Months, and a rather seasonal tale for this time of year. Uh, and just a reminder that you're listening to The Teller and the Tale right here on Blues and Roots Radio. Come here every week, every Sunday, and repeat it again on Thursday. But let's get to our final story uh, of today. Uh, as I say, this one from Scottish storyteller Alison Galbraith. The 12 Months, a folktale from the Czech Republic, Retold by Alison Galbraith. Marushka lived with her stepmother and stepsister in a small house in the countryside. Stepmother hated Marushka because she was so much prettier than her own daughter, Helena. Together, stepmother and Helena made Marushka's life miserable. She had to look after the cow, chop firewood, cook, clean, grow vegetables and fetch well water while they sat idle. Every day, Helena became more bad-tempered and sour-faced, while Marushka grew prettier and kinder. Stepmother knew that no one would ever fall in love with Helena while Marushka was around, so she made a plan to get rid of Marushka. One morning, Stepmother told Marushka, you must go to the woods and pick sweet violets to brighten the room. But stepmama, it's midwinter. Violets don't grow until spring. You impudent girl! Stepmother grabbed Marushka by the ear and pushed her out of the door. Go and fetch violets or I will beat you! Marushka stumbled through the snow to look for the flowers. She shivered as she scraped amongst frozen tree roots. There were no plants growing under the leaf litter. She walked and searched for miles. The north wind blew ice and frost around her. She felt so cold that she wanted to lie down and sleep under the winter sky. Then Marushka noticed light flickering through the trees. She walked in that direction and saw a fire upon the top of a small hill. There, set in a circle around the bonfire, were twelve men seated on rocks. Three of the men were very old with white hair, three were slightly younger with grey hair, three were middle-aged and three were young lads. Each of them held a wooden stick and sat silently gazing into the fire. Marushka approached timidly. Excuse me, but could I warm myself at your fire? The twelve men looked at Marushka in surprise. The oldest, who wore a white robe, spoke. What are you doing out at the coldest time of the year? It is my month. I am December. Why are you here, child? Marushka explained. Stepmother has sent me to pick violets to make our home look cheery. But flowers do not grow here in my month. Only winter trees. What will happen to you if you return without violets? Stepmother will beat me. We can't have that. Come and heat yourself by our fire. Perhaps Brother March will help you. December stood up 
and so did the youngest of the twelve months. He was a boy dressed all in green. He skipped nimbly past his brothers and exchanged places with December. Brother March swept his stick of hazel over the fire. The flames roared up in a dancing plume of orange. Instantly, the snow melted, the trees burst into bud, and the birds began singing their songs of spring awakening. Quickly, girl, look amongst the trees and grass for violets. Take as many as you want. Marushka foraged amongst the lush green grass and plucked a handful of purple violets. She thanked the twelve months for their help. When Marushka arrived home, Stepmother and Helena were surprised that she had not died of cold. When they saw the bunch of fresh violets, they were flabbergasted. Where did you get these? barked Stepmother. At Stone Circle Hill, said Marushka, and then she went to bed. The next morning, Stepmother ordered her to go and fetch strawberries for her sister. But Stepmother, strawberries don't grow in the winter protested Marushka. Stepmother grabbed her roughly by the shoulders and shook Marushka hard. If you don't find strawberries, then I'll beat you with the broom. She pushed the frightened girl out of the door. Marushka ran straight to Stone Circle Hill. There were the twelve brothers sitting around their fire. Ah, you again, child. Why are you here today? asked December. Marushka explained that she had been told to find strawberries for her sister. But strawberries don't grow in my month. What will your stepmother do if you do not return with strawberries? She will beat me with the broom. December shook his head sadly. Then come and warm yourself by our fire. A rosy-cheeked man who sat opposite December stood up. I think it is me who can help with strawberries. It was Brother June. December swapped seats with him, and Brother June waved his rosewood staff over the fire. The flames leapt and danced, making everything glow pink. The snow melted, trees and flowers bloomed, birds and animals chattered and sang as midsummer returned to the land. Quickly now, pick as many strawberries as you like, June said warmly. From little white and yellow flowers, plump ripe strawberries burst forth. Marushka filled her apron with the berries and thanked the twelve brothers politely. Stepmother and sister couldn't believe their eyes when Marushka arrived home with strawberries. The wicked pair grabbed handfuls of berries and crammed their mouths so full that juice ran down their chins. Marushka went to bed. In the morning, stepmother and Helena grabbed Marushka, twisting her wrist so tightly that she cried in pain. Please stop, you're hurting me. Where did you get those delicious berries? screeched Helena. On Stone Circle Hill, replied Marushka. Well, go back there and get me some apples, demanded Helena. Apples don't grow in winter, Helena. Get apples! screamed stepmother. Oh, I will kill you! They threw Marushka out into the snow and slammed the door. She ran as fast as a girl with no snowshoes can to the hill where the twelve brothers were sitting peacefully around their fire. Hello, young one. What does your stepmother want now? asked December. 
I'm sorry, December, they want apples. And tell me, what will happen if you do not bring them apples? Tears filled Marushka's eyes. Stepmama said she would kill me. Well, come and warm your cold fingers by the fire, and Brother September will help you, for apples grow in his month. September, dressed all in russet red, swapped seats with December. He waved his staff of rowan over the fire, which crackled and sparked, smoke swirling high. Immediately the snow melted, and the earth and grass turned golden. The trees dropped their leaves, and the bushes appeared laden with berries and hips. An apple tree stood at the edge of the woods, its branches heavy with bright red apples. Go, lass, and pick only the fruits that fall to the ground, said September. As Marushka approached the tree, two apples fell and landed at her feet. She picked them up, turned to the brothers and thanked them with all her heart. Your kindness has saved my life. I will remember you forever, dear months of the year. Thank you. Each brother raised their wooden staffs in salute. Marushka ran home, while Helena waited at the door. She placed the two apples into Helena's outstretched hand. Stepmother grabbed one, and the two gobbled up the crisp fruits. Helena turned on Marushka. Where are the rest? Did you eat them all? You greedy, selfish brat, I want more! Stepmother grabbed Marushka and shook her violently. Give your sister more apples this instant, you wicked cur. But stepmama, only two apples fell to the ground, and September said that was all I was to take. September, screamed her sister. I will tell him, whoever he is, how many apples I may have. Helena turned to her mother. I'll go there myself, mamma. Give me your warmest fur coat and I will get more apples. Stepmother gave Helena her finest fur coat and mittens. Wrapped up snugly, Helena left the house, sneering at her stepsister. I will take as many flowers, berries and apples as I like. When Helena reached Stone Circle Hill, she stomped right up to the twelve brothers, marched past them and warmed her hands at their fire. December asked her who she was and what she wanted. Helena scowled angrily at him. It's none of your business, old white beard. I'm here for more apples. Now, where are they? December did not like this girl's behaviour at all. Angered by her rudeness, he stood up and shook his holly staff over the fire. The fire spluttered and died down, and the fierce north wind blew a hurricane of icy snowflakes over the hill. Clutching the first tightly around her, Helena stumbled out of the stone circle. She ran to shelter in the woods, but the storm gusted furiously about her. She fell into a deep snowdrift. Helena was lost in the blizzard. Back at home, stepmother watched as the wind swept thick snow over the land. Worried for her daughter, she put on her second best fur coat. With one last angry scowl at Marushka, she hissed, I'm going to fetch my dear child from this dreadful storm. Make supper for our return. Then stepmother battled out into the winter tempest. Marushka cooked dinner and made hot chocolate. She waited all night by the fire, 
but stepmother and Helena never returned. Marushka continued living in the house, but she was much happier with no one scolding and beating her. She never felt lonely because Marushka knew that the twelve brothers were on the hill, tending to the seasons, each month bringing its own gifts for all of us to share. A lovely story there, told by Scottish storyteller Alison Galbraith, uh, a story, um, a Czech story from Europe. And it comes with a very timely reminder, as Alison said there, to share our gifts. And I hope that 2021 is a time when we value caring, giving, and helping one another, that we share our gifts with one another in the coming year. Well, that's all the time we have here on The Teller and the Tale. Uh, just time enough for me to say that may all your once upon a times end happily ever after. I wish you a very happy new year and that 2021 uh, brings you health and happiness and uh, a, lot of, a lot of good things, a lot of good caring and more stories, of course. I'll be back here next week with more stories right here on The Teller and the Tale on Blues and Roots Radio. But right now, we're going to go out with uh, Coco Love Alcorn once again, singing Tiny Lights. Because after all, that's what we are. We're all beautiful, tiny lights. We are tiny lights that sparkle and glow in a world much bigger than we'll ever know. We are tiny lights shining so bright in a world we know is gonna be all right we celebrate through love and play we take a minute every day we chase the shadows far away Finding colors in the gray We are tiny lights that sparkle and